Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Amen. With these words, the Apostle Paul began his message to the believers in in Ephesus. He then highlighted many of those spiritual blessings through the next three chapters, and then concluding as he begins chapter 4 with these words. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Be the church. Be together. Be a part of God's amazing new math. That new math goes like this. One plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one equals one. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you are called to one hope when you are called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Paul shares God's amazing new math to the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. Paul shares this very unique and special, unique oneness that we have, or at least that the Ephesians had. And thankfully, like the Ephesians, we too have that very special uniqueness. And Paul does that by lining up ones, seven in a row, having that unique Unity, the amazing Holy Spirit, has given it to us and continues to give it to us through his word. There is indeed, Paul says, one body. Paul here is talking about the body of believers, the the, the body of Christ. We often call that the Holy Christian Church. Every true believer in Jesus Christ, from the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, Yes, Paul and these Ephesians, you and I and God willing, our children and grandchildren, down to the very last believer who will come to faith before Jesus returns, are all part of this one body, one special, unified body of Christ. Amazing. God's amazing new math. Paul says, one spirit. While this could mean one Holy Spirit, for indeed it is the Holy Spirit that makes all of this this possible, perhaps a small S for spirit might fit better in this case. Then Paul would be emphasizing that this one body of believer has this one spirit, given by the Holy Spirit, of course, which means we have one mind and one heart, a common attitude toward our almighty God and a common attitude towards one another. 
amazing. This leads to one hope. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Paul reminds each believer that they did not choose Christ. Christ chose them. Paul begins the second chapter to the Ephesians saying that they were all basically born dead in sins. But he goes on to say that it wasn't just this unique group of people. All of us were one time dead spiritually. But that changed when Christ made us alive because of, of God's love. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Therefore, all credit and thanks goes to this almighty God. Amazing. One spirit, one hope, one Lord. In our unity, then, we now cheer for and are part of one team. And the leader of that team is Jesus Christ. Because of our oneness, that unity worked by the Holy Spirit, we are connected to Christ and all that he has done. Christ's perfect life becomes ours in God's eyes. Christ's death, paid for our sins, becomes ours. And Christ's resurrection, amazing. Paul goes on to say, one faith. Again, it is the Holy Spirit that calls us by the gospel to trust in all that Scripture tells us. We are led to that wonderful unity. We're reminded of what Paul says in a, in a few verses later in Ephesians 2. Those familiar verses, words that say, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Being free from death and destruction, sins forgiven, all comes to us because of a gracious God. He takes away that, that guilty conscience. All because of God's grace, Paul says, God's undeserved love. How does it come to us? It comes to us through this vehicle of faith, this vehicle of trusting. That also, the Holy Spirit, enables us to do trust in that God. How much does it cost? Us, it's a free gift. Christ, it cost him a lot, didn't it? Amazing. One baptism. God has chosen applying water in the name of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one means in which he uses to bring this unity, this oneness to us. Whether it's water poured on the head of an infant, creating faith in that heart, or water poured on the head of an 80-year-old, strengthening that one faith and that bond that they have with Christ and that bond that they have with other Christians. Amazing. And all this comes from one God and Father. The Almighty, eternal Sinless, pure, and holy God has chosen to, to have a relationship with us as a heavenly Father. Paul says, who is over all and through all and in all. I don't know exactly what that all means, but I do know that 
it all is for our benefit because that's the kind of good and gracious God and Heavenly Father that we have. Amazing. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. That's all true. So we say, now what? And Paul says, then live as one. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Paul says, live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. You are not a nothing. You are not a nobody. You are a Christian, part of the body of Christ. Act like a Christian. Dr. Kevin Lehman, who is a family psychologist Christian, whose books we have used in videos and things for many classes here, he wrote that when his teenage children would go out, he'd always say to them, Remember, you're a layman. Act like one. So here Paul, indeed the Holy Spirit, is saying to us, remember who you are. You're a Christian. Act like one. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And then Paul goes on to suggest some things that that means. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but when I hear those words, I wonder exactly who is Paul talking about? Who in this church do we have to be completely humble and patient, gentle and bearing and all those kinds of things. Surely not, you know, that person that I exchange harsh words with. Or with that person that I avoid sitting next to. Matter of fact, when they come to church, I don't look at them and I don't greet them. Surely not that person that has done me dirt that has hurt one, me or one of my family members? Think about <clears throat> these questions as I read uh, from a popular commentary of the Bible, New Testament, Volume 2, by Paul E. Kretzman, written in 1923. And be ready for some 1923 language, too. He writes concerning this section of Ephesians. He says, Christians should walk and conduct themselves, therefore, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, bearing one another in love. These Christian virtues, according to God's will, are attend the Christians to be their constant companions and associates. All possible lowliness they should use in their fellowship towards one another as fellow members of the same body of the church, 
that very disposition of mind which was despised by the heathen as unworthy of a man, the deep sense of one's smallness and insignificance that Christians are to cultivate. And this is to be accompanied by gentleness, loving submission, patient yielding to others, even under provocation, willingness to serve and share rather than to demand. The apostle, moreover, expects from the Christians long-suffering and this connection. Not so much the endurance of tribulations from without as patience under provocations on the part of friends and brethren. As Paul himself adds in explanation, that we should forbear one another in love, that we should endure even the unpleasant peculiarities, I like that word, huh? the unpleasant peculiarities of our Christian brethren without a hint of impatience. The apostle here paints an ideal, the relation that should obtain among the membership of the Christian church, which may well provoke all Christians to eager emulation. Aren't you glad that God doesn't expect us to listen to something that was written in 1923? Or, you know, listen to a Paul the Apostle who wrote a letter maybe in 63 A.D.? Well, dear friends, God's word and God's will does not change. And God is not some kind of an idealist. God is a perfectionist. And he demands that of us. He demands completely humble and gentleness. And if we don't, then we sin. When you and I are not patient, bearing with one another in love, we sin. When we do not make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, we sin. And if you think, well, then Paul may be just talking about this particular group of people that have that problem. He wrote the same message in a companion letter that he wrote to the Colossians. Reading from chapter 3, verse 13 on, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That means for us, for you and for me. For the times this last week when we haven't been able or even desired to bear with each other, but instead had plenty of grievances against those other sinners in this church, we are reminded the Lord says, forgive. Paul wrote, forgive. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Christ died when you were still a sinner. And as we think about that, and we realize the truth of that, then our hearts sink. And we say, thank you, Paul Kretzmann. Thank you, Paul the Apostle, for reminding us of our sinfulness and reminding us that we need to ask Jesus for forgiveness. And as we fall on our knees, we look to that good and gracious God that has made us one through Christ, that has given us every spiritual blessing, and has given us the promise to forgive us through Christ. 
and we look to Jesus. We say, forgive us, dear Jesus, and help us to grow in our desire and in our ability to forgive and to bear with one another. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts so that we can and will forgive others every day. Also that we can bring thanks and glory and honor to our one and only Heavenly Father as we remember to who we are, that we are Christians and have a desire to act like Christians. Then we will bear with each other as we forgive whatever grievances you may have as the Lord forgave you. And we will put on love, God-like and God-given love, which binds all in perfect unity. And as we do this with God's help, we will also receive and be able to share with others that encouragement, that, that feeling of being a part of something bigger than us, that feeling of hope and confidence, not in us ourselves, but in our relationship and that unity that we have with Christ. And not only then will we find unity with one another, but that unity and that love will be seen by others and be shared by those who are still lost and lonely without knowing Christ, without being united to Christ. And through your words and through various things that we do here at, at church, we'll come, they can come in contact with that same Savior and through the Holy Spirit become a part of that body of Christ and have that wonderful unity. Scripture tells us what joy there is in heaven over one sinner who repents. What joy God would have us have as we share and show that forgiveness here on earth. Is this going to happen overnight? I'm sure it didn't in Ephesus. But it can and it will happen as the Holy Spirit works in us and works through us. And God urges each one of us to do all that we are able to make it happen. And without a doubt, it will happen, and there will be perfect unity when we get to be with our Lord and Savior in heaven. So with the Spirit's help and with Jesus' love, let's get started here on earth today. Amen.